your daily source for in-depth business and investing news. We are Business 1440, KYCR, Golden Valley, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. The state of Georgia has certified its election results, even though a lot of questions are still lingering over the uh, outcome in several states, including some areas of Georgia. We get more from correspondent Tim McGuire. Georgia's Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger says after a hand count and audit, Joe Biden has won the majority of the votes in the presidential election in his state. The numbers reflect the verdict of the people. Governor Brian Kemp, even after certifying the election, questioned the validity of some absentee ballots. This audit only looked at ballots, not the signatures on the absentee applications or the signatures on the ballot envelopes. President Trump has also railed against absentee ballots. His campaign has until early next week to request a recount. I'm Tim McGuire. On Wall Street Friday, the Dow lost 219 points. This is SRN News. Here are the facts. Your business needs leads and sales. There are potential customers online right now looking for what you do. Will they find you or your competitor? You need Salem Surround. Having to do your own digital marketing while trying to manage your business, well, there's just not enough time in the day. You need Salem Surround. You're doing all you can to market your business, but are you sure you have the right strategy or seeing a great return on investment? You need Salem Surround. The marketing team here at Salem Surround is ready to help your business now. We'll design a plan that targets potential customers with proven marketing strategies, using everything in our toolkit to work for you. Digital, audio, mobile, even audience-engaging contests and promotions. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your marketing plan and see how we can help place your advertising message in front of today's consumers. Learn more at surroundmsp.com. Surroundmsp.com. Connecting you with new customers. The Business VIP Club and New American Funding want to pay your mortgage next year. This is Tom Matiney from New American Funding, and I'm excited to be the sponsor of the Christmas Mortgage Miracle Contest. If you win, we'll pay your mortgage or rent for all of next year. That's extra money to take a family vacation, put in a pool, or help a friend in need. Enter once a day from now through December 20th at TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com. The Christmas Mortgage Miracle from the Business VIP Club and me, Tom Matiney, at New American Funding. If you could build the world's greatest radio station, where would you start? We'd begin by creating a live station that's able to provide breaking news updates. Then we'd install some of today's top political voices behind the mic. Finally, we'd craft a convenient way to listen with a specialized mobile app. No, it's not a work in progress. It's on the air now. AM 1280 The Patriot. Intelligent radio. Online at am1280thepatriot.com. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. The Wall Street Business Network is on the air. The predatory nature now of global capitalism, it's just completely unrestricted. There's no constraints. These are wild times. It's the King Banyan Show. We want to create jobs. The quickest way to do it is to provide more food stamps. Government is that fiction whereby everybody believes that he can live at the expense of everybody else. As an educator and former legislator. And that is the free lunch myth. Professor Banyan steps out of the classroom and onto the airwaves. 
to break down the local and national economic news that matters to you. Hip, hip, hooray. Unemployment is down. We're in an age where, where common sense sounds esoteric. It's the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Unfortunately, economists are worse carry a relatively little weight in politics. Now, here's King Banyan. You know what's carrying a little more weight right now? This guy, because I can't play golf anymore. Doggone it. Good morning. Welcome, King Banyan Show. Yeah, I get out to my to walk, but uh, a 30, 40-minute walk around my neighborhood is not quite the same thing as uh, four hours uh, tromping around a golf course. Um I'm a walker. I do not like to. I do not like riding a, a cart. I do not. I, I believe I actually swing my clubs better when I've walked up to them and thought about that shot during that time. I anyway. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, keeping the uh, and of course uh, our gyms are closed uh, as of this morning, as are our restaurants and several other parts of the person-to-person sector, although I will say in Minnesota the the extent of the um, lockdown, the extent of the uh, lockdown of uh, certain businesses is a little more targeted than before. I I agree on that part. Um, There there are things we can ask about, things that are smart, things that are not smart, and that's why in our two today, my very good friend, Professor John Spry from the University of St. Thomas, will join me for the entire hour. Okay, as we were saying in the green room before the show, there is no stopping John Spry. You can only try to slow him down, or you can just uh, let him get his points and guard the other four guys on the floor. Um, and <laughs> that may, the LeBron James of economics, uh, economics uh, 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 intelligence, uh, John Spry with us here during hour two today of the show. In the first hour today, we'll give you the economic news in just a little bit. And then uh, an unforeseen, I'm not sure why it became a dust-up. But the the markets and the and the chattering class got, got all up in the Kool-Aid about the fact that the Treasury Secretary said that a government a, a government uh, a program that was scheduled in on December 31st was actually going to end on December 31st. And I, I am absolutely flabbergasted, absolutely flabbergasted that this is a story. And trying to portray the Fed, um, though... At least one of the Fed presidents made comments that I thought was a little thought. I thought that those comments might have been a little bit, um, a, a little bit uh, outré, if you would. Um, I thought the 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 official statement, the official letter sent to the Treasury Secretary from the Fed was tempered and appropriate, and just confirmed what we knew. So is this thing a big deal or not? Well, we'll talk about that in the second half of the hour today. Did Is this really a fight between Mnuchin and Powell, or is this just a, is this just a, a, a media tempest in a teapot? If you could tell over the first few minutes, I'm going to say it's the latter. It's not a big deal. And I'll tell you why during the second half of the hour. 
But now we typically do economic news, and of course, the economic news of the week nothing uh, nothing overcomes the uh, the news that comes from the fact that it appears now Moderna and Pfizer both have viable uh, vaccines that produce a level of effectiveness that is really stunning. Typically, vaccines have um, – the flu vaccine is almost, a, is almost a 50-50 shot. When you take that shot, there's a 50% chance that it will stop the infection if you get it. If you don't take the vaccine, it's got a 0% chance, right? So it's better than nothing. But 50, 60, 70% is a really good flu vaccine. They're talking about in the 90s with, it, with, with these two uh, mRNA-type vaccines developed by these two companies. It's stunning in the amount of effectiveness, if that holds up. In its own way, in the way only government can do, the FDA now says it needs three weeks to review the materials before it can, t- it can tell us whether it's ready to approve. We have a rate in this country, um, and, and this may be a question I asked John during the, during the second hour. Work me out the cost-benefit analysis of this. These two companies have both come forward and said, this thing is really safe. We haven't seen any adverse, any severe adverse side effects from this vaccine. It's 94% effective. We have doses ready to go because of the because of the investment in Operation Warp Speed, where basically the government bought bought the uh, production of the vaccines on speculation that the vaccines would prove effective. In other words, all of the risks got transferred onto the government budget, and that was part of the CARES Act back in March. In my mind, a pretty good bet, that's another question we'll ask John, uh, was, the CARES Act, was the CARES Act funding of Operation Warp Speed a good investment of our money, even though it may well turn out we have bought too many doses or we bought doses of a vaccine that doesn't work? Okay, just as... Was it smart as an option investment for Governor Walls to buy a buy a uh, cold storage facility that's going to that was meant to act as an auxiliary morgue in St. Paul when it turns out we haven't had any need for it at all? It's a similar logic, actually, if you think about it. Um, but my point is simply this. Every, every day we wait to put this onto the market, to put this into, into use, our hospital workers are still being hammered with infections. And our hospitals are filling with people. And there's the potential that, that the issue is no longer a respirator or a bed, but it's someone to be by your side to care for you while you're sick. And if we gave them the injection now, that's three weeks advance that we could have to get those workers back up. Yes, we understand it's not safe. Maybe we wouldn't force everybody, all the healthcare workers to do it. But the healthcare workers that do take it, um, 
we know won't get sick, and it allows us to keep our, our that workforce up and running sooner. Okay? And every day we delay, what's that cost? Versus the cost that FDA will go through the paperwork from these two companies and come back and say, you know what, it's not ready yet and there's something wrong, and that they're right. I'm, I think market reaction should be a little bit, little bit weak going into the, into the holiday weekend in these next few days as people digest the idea, wait, it's going to be three weeks and we don't know that they're going to say yes. And, the, and I don't know. My guess is three weeks is actually really quick for an FDA turnaround of an approval process. My guess is that's that they're saying that's just really as fast as they can go. And maybe they've never gone that fast before. And and you will argue that I'm being far too critical and, and, and I'm just barking from the cheap seats. I only want to point out, I only want to point out that there's a real serious cost to delay. And I hope there's a balancing test being applied here that that measures how it is how measures the loss of 3 weeks of deployment of this va- these vaccines versus the double check for safety and having said that because I know this this comment will come if it's not already in our Twitter feed at pound KBRS. It will be in our Twitter feed because it's the comment I would make. Well, hang on. We need to make sure we need to make sure that the public knows that these vaccines are safe. Yes. The best way to show people that the vaccine is safe, in my mind, is to get it to the people who are knowledgeable about it, which is our healthcare workers, and who have the highest valued use of the vaccine, allowing them to care for those who have yet to receive it. That's my argument. 651-289-4477. 651-289-4477. We'll give you the economic news of the week right after this. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on Business 1440. over zany sound effect we were gonna write something flashy about streaming us at radio.com but considering how easy it is to do we'll keep it simple too listen to business 1440 at radio.com diabetes high blood pressure anxiety meds everyone's on them if you're a 50 year old male maybe a bit porky and you may even have type 2 diabetes a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month call term provider speak with big lou at 800-555-2085 big lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes or overweight or have high blood pressure 
Term providers help thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-555-2085. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-555-2085. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. Call 800-555-2085. 800-555-2085. Let's say you've decided to build a bicycle from scratch. Sounds like an impossible project for my skills. But let's say you've got the skills, and I offer you an advantage, a special tool that would help you build the bike faster while saving you legitimate money. My guess is you'd say, bring it on. If you wouldn't, well, then this commercial isn't going to make much sense. My name is Ryan. I'm from United Faith Mortgage, and we believe we have an advantageous tool for you. Our mortgage team is lucky to have a direct lender advantage. Our company is set up to use its own money and make its own lending decisions within its own walls. And often, this advantage allows us to get your refinance or new home loan done faster and get you a better rate, which saves you monthly and lifelong money. Rates are historically low. Now is the time to see how our special tool might work for you. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Middle Park, Road, Melville, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to animalistconsumeraccess.org. Corporate animalist number 1335. Rack animalist number 65233. Equal housing lender. I license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. Are you a member of our rewards program? Yeah. I had the card here somewhere. We've all been there. Rustling around for that rewards card you can't seem to find. At Business 1440, we simplify the process. All of the perks, none of the hassle. It's the Business VIP Fan Club, where you'll get early access to tickets for our events, exclusive content, prizes, and more. Sign up at TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com. It's like the Wild West out there on the World Wide Web. You never know what you'll get. So ensure there's some honest and straightforward financial conversation in your news feed by liking us on Facebook. Just search for Business 1440. Welcome back, King Banyan Show, Business 1440. Yeah. All right. There's... You have to understand, we, we, the music is not just to get the audience to recognize, hey, show's coming back on, let's get ready. It's also meant to tell the, uh, tell the uh, host, get your heart rate up, let's get going here. So yeah, I'm, this is good. Look, economic news of the week, I want to make sure I get to this because we need time to dissect this Fed Treasury thing, which is, which is a tempest in a teapot. We'll tell you more about that in the next segment. Um, but the data of the week, largely good, even though, even though we, we, you look at the data about, about in, infection rates and you look at the, at, at the, at the rate of death, the, the rates of death, uh, and, you know, so we've seen so far the case counts, uh, and, and so forth. Those, those, uh, those death numbers are going to, are going to rise almost certainly. How much? That we don't know. We're certainly better at treating it, nonetheless. But if I look at the economic data right now, continuing claims uh, in the data, uh, continuing claims from uh, for uh, the pandemic unemployment assistance that came in uh, from the CARES Act, 
is now down to uh, it was down almost three quarters of a million workers down to 8.7 now uh, for the week ending October 30th. We're down to uh, 6.37 in continuing claims. So if I put those together, that still has us more than 14 million people who have been impacted by the, by this recession that stems from the pandemic some of those 14 million will likely not return to the labor force. We're still continuing to see uh, information. Indeed, in the state of Minnesota, uh, the R Division of uh, Employment and Economic Development published data this week about the, uh, a 1% drop in the unemployment rate, but that's almost entirely due to the fact that workers left the workforce. Uh, one of our listeners asked, why do you think that is? And I think it's twofold. One, I think there are a number of working, working, two worker households where one of the workers, husband or wife, have had to stay home with the kids uh, because those kids have been converted to remote learning. I see it here in our community where, where I live about three blocks from a junior high. And in my normal driving pattern, I will it, it it's my most direct way to work is to go right by that junior high school. I'm to be to work at eight o'clock because there are just kids everywhere. Not now. I don't see the kids, I don't see the buses, I look in their parking lot, there might be a dozen or so cars there for people that are considered essential employees that need to work in the building but for the most part it's it's empty well those kids are someplace right so that's part of that decline then the other part of that decline and again and again as i told the person who told the uh, our listener uh, uh this i would have told this l listener eric i said look i can't prove that nor can i prove the next point, but I do believe that there are people in that 55 to 64 age category, which just like what happened during the early stages of the Great Recession, you had people choosing to retire thinking they had enough money in the 401k to step out and, and to start their retirement a little bit earlier. Of course, when their 401ks fell by 30, 40, 50 percent, many of them chose to get back into the workforce, but not at a very fast rate. I think the same thing's happening now, supported by two things. One, we haven't seen the decline in, in the stock market. We had, we had, that, we had that, that major air pocket that we hit in February, March, but the, the market has come back, and your 401k probably looks just as good as it did in February, if not a little better. Um, and then secondly, the act of going to work and being at work is now a riskier activity, particularly for those who are in their early, in their 60s. And so I think more people are stepping out of the workforce at this time. Those are reasonable to me. Those are based on economic theory. I've got little scattered bits of evidence to promote, to provide that but nothing where I could say I can test a hypothesis in some scientifically rigorous way. So I'm just going to leave that there and let you think about it. And if it, and, and maybe, maybe you believe that to be true, maybe not. 651 289 
651-289-4477 with your questions or comments and your thoughts about, about what is the state of the labor, uh, labor market here, not just in Minnesota, but around the country. Um, other information, our housing market continues to grow very strongly. I was looking at, I tweeted uh, at Pound KBRS a little bit of data from a piece that Tim Worstel, who uh, is a wonderful British uh, observer of all things economics, um, posted a graph of what's happened to wages in various sectors in the UK economy. And in the UK economy, construction spending and construction workers have been slammed by the types of uh, uh, lockdowns and other economic restrictions and slowdowns that have been imposed by the Boris Johnson government. Not so here in the United States. Here, workers have done well. So, for example, um, uh, uh, purchase applications for mortgages are back up 3.5%. Um, that's, that's a good piece of news, good piece of news. Uh, they're up 26% year over year. Um, we've talked about manufacturing, manufacturing, um, has been steady, not great. Again, in, in, in Europe, manufacturing is down, but here it's been okay. Um, and, and the piece that I'm really looking for, I'm keeping my eye on, and this will be counterintuitive. But I want you to think through this. I'm watching shipments from the ports, particularly on the West Coast. Consumption in the United States has done reasonably well. And we're seeing, we're seeing households continue to spend, even though we're seeing the end of benefits. And there is a benefit cliff that comes at the end of December. Some of the, some of the payments have been receiving, like those pandemic unemployment assistance checks, those come to a close at the end of December, and that's part of what's caught up in this battle, that I think battle that's happened between, between the Fed and the Treasury, because the Fed thinks, those, thinks more fiscal support is needed. We've played those clips for you over the last few weeks from Jay Powell and so forth. Uh, I got another clip for you, though it's not Powell. I've got another clip for you uh, uh, coming up, um, but... So far, consumption's been pretty strong. And I recognize that the retail sales numbers, uh, if the early retail sales numbers uh, were, were down somewhat. Core retail sales were, were up just one-tenth of a percent month over month, and we were expecting, we were expecting uh, that number to go up by half a percent month over month. And so retail sales were a little bit weak, but we know that. Uh, most of the states that have reimposed uh, restrictions on economic activity and personal mobility uh, have not restricted the, re- the stores nearly to the extent they did back in April and May because I think they've discovered that that's not a source. Uh, that's not a source of uh, widespread infection. So I believe that there's uh, plenty of information out there to support that. The piece that helps me, but what I'm keeping an eye on, are the shipping data. Okay? In two ways. I want to keep track of how many goods are moving around the country within the United States to look for activity that indicates that, sh- that our manufacturers of goods are producing the goods that, that are desired within the United States and getting them to the market. 
okay? The cash freight shipments number was up 2.4% year over year for October. That is the that is the first positive reading since November of 2018. That is significantly good news. That's a year over year number, so that's compared to October 2019. That's the good side of that number. Here's the bad side of that number. I've been tracking in, I've been tracking the number of goods flowing into ports in play, and we've had this talk once or twice before here on the King Banyan Show, uh, here on Business 1440. I've been tracking how many goods are shipping through ports in Long Beach, in Seattle, in San Francisco. I've been trying to keep track of how goods are going in and how many goods are going out. We are still not sending a lot of goods going out, but there is a ton of stuff coming into the ports. Uh, the Port of Long Beach uh, announced a 19.4% year-on-year increase in October in import volume, and we expect November to be up year-over-year year as well. Um, importers are bringing in a disproportionate amount of their containers to Southern California and moving truck or rail around the U.S. to avoid stockouts. Inventories are strained. To the extent that we see that number go down, I think that's good news rather than bad news. So what we want to look for in, in the fourth quarter and going into the first quarter of 21 is that freight shipments... Trucking shipments, intermodal shipments, well, not so much intermodal, but the trucking shipments are moving at a pretty good rate. And at the same time, we see that the amount of goods coming into the ports in Southern California are less because we're seeing less reliance on imports. Because I think right now the imports are filling a gap by the, by the fact that our manufacturers are still working out how they're able to produce all the goods and services that are being demanded by our households while still being able to maintain safety, health safety within their facilities. I think that's going to be an issue that they continue to work on. And the, one of the key points to the recovery in the United States is going to be seeing that particularly in the manufacturing sector that we see U.S. manufacturers beginning to send more goods out, and we see perhaps along with that a decline in the amount of goods being brought in from through the ports, particularly in Southern California. When I see that, I will feel a little more confident that we've come to the end of this recession and that we're starting the next expansion. We'll be right back after this. You are listening to The King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Stay tuned for more of The King Banyan Show. Here on Business 1440. Tell me why Relief Factor is so successful in lowering or eliminating pain. I'm often asked that question. Pete and Seth Talbot, the father and son founders of Relief Factor, tell me they believe our bodies were designed to heal. That's right, designed to heal, and now I agree. The doctors who formulated Relief Factor for Pete and Seth selected the four best ingredients, 100% drug-free ingredients that each help your body deal with inflammation. That's correct. Each of the four ingredients deal with inflammation on a different metabolic pathway. 
that right there. Approaching your pain from four different angles may very well be why so many Americans find such wonderful pain relief. If you have back pain, shoulder, neck, hip, knee, or foot pain from exercise or even just getting older, you must order the three-week quick start now. Discount it to only $19.95 to see if it will work for you too. I think it could. Give your body what it needs to heal itself. Go to relieffactor.com, call 800 500 8384 Okay, we are running a car drive right now to help veterans all across America. So if you have an old car, truck, or van, even a motorcycle or an RV sitting around, you can right now give it away and help the vets. They really need your help. And your car will help support the vets and their families. And guess what? You even get a tax donation. Plus, we'll even come and pick up your car for free. And all you've got to do is pick up your phone right now and make a free call. Now is the perfect time. Time to do something good for the vets. Give back to the vets right now for all they've done for this country. And your old car can really help them. So call the Veterans Car Donation Program right now for free pickup of your vehicle. Help the vets and help your taxes at the same time. Call right now. 800-218-9520. 800-218-9520. 800-218-9520. That's 800-218-9520. I'm Staff Sergeant Mark Anthony I'm Madrid. Staff Sergeant Smith Cal. I'm Staff Sergeant I'm Alex Staff Keaton. Sergeant William Lewis, and I am proud to defend my family and our nation. The Air Force Reserve is part of the story of this great nation. I'm grateful that I have a chance to wear the uniform of the heroes that went before me. I'm proud to be part of a team that helps make a difference in the world. Every day, men and women from communities across this nation serve as Reserve Citizen Airmen. Even as technology evolves and changes, our commitment to defend and protect this nation remains steadfast. We celebrate those who have served and those who are proudly serving. We celebrate our proud history and look towards an exciting and uniting future. Our mission is to fly, fight, and win in air, space, and cyberspace. And I am proud to be a member of... And I'm proud to serve in the United States. And I am proud to protect our country. Proud to serve in the U.S. Air Force Reserve. AFreserve.com Welcome back, King Banyan Show Business 1440. Thank you for listening today. Professor John Spry in the second hour of working, working out some uh, COVIDnomics with us here on the show. Um, 651-289-4477, the number to call with questions and comments. Okay, let's get to this, okay? People say I obsess about the Federal Reserve. I do. Um, it was for the first probably 15 years, yeah, 12 to 13 years of my career, the focus of 80 to 90% of my research. And then it probably fell to 50%. And I don't do much research regarding the Fed anymore, but I still can read myself a balance sheet and I can still, uh, and it's not that I'm not interested in it. It's largely because uh, over the last 10 years, I've had jobs that have just pushed me uh, into doing other things rather than rather than focusing on that, but uh, I sure I sure do enjoy it. Um, anyway, I started to see yesterday pieces showing up in my Twitter stream and then uh, then uh, my little bubbles on my iPhone that 
that indicated Mnuchin Powell fight flares up over over stimulus. I'm like, what on earth? What is that about? And so I went to went to read. As we know, as we know, the the Federal Reserve has since the since the middle of March, about March 17th is the first date they announced that they were going to start issuing additional credit facilities to try to reboost the amount of uh, liquidity in the marketplace. And I'm not going to go back and rehearse for you all of what happened back in March that made them do that. If you didn't think they this, that was a good idea then, then you might like the fact that they're having some money taken off taken out of their hands, which is the short version of what happened uh, in the last 36 hours, uh, 36 to 48 hours. Um, if, uh, if you thought, if you think there's got to be a lot of stimulus and there needs to be a lot of stimulus and we haven't got enough stimulus, then you're going to think the, the, the sky is falling. Um, and nothing about what happened in March is going to change your mind. So let's just, let's just stipulate to that. Between the beginning of March... So in March, they start to put on some lending facilities um, that are different than their traditional open market operations of just going into the open market and buying treasuries, buying mortgage-backed securities. Remember that the biggest number they have in terms that they've been telling you for months now has been they have been adding reserves they've been adding to reserves at a rate of about 120 billion dollars per month okay so i want you to keep that number in mind quantitative easing which is what they're doing now adds 120 billion dollars every month to the tre- to the federal reserve's balance sheet that's a okay, 120 billion dollars. So please, I, and I'm, I'm making that I'm I'm pausing on that point so that you understand the magnitudes we're talking about in the CARES Act. So the Fed starts this action before before the CARES Act is passed at the very end of March about two weeks before. Now, in those actions, following along a tradition that has happened with the Fed and the Treasury that goes back decades, there is a pool of money with the Fed called the Exchange Stabilization Fund. Periodically, the Fed has used that Treasury money as a backstop, as as basically the principal investment of the Treasury through which it could intervene in various markets. So things like the term asset lending facility or the commercial paper lending facility that were used during the early quantitative easing programs in 2009 and 2010. Treasury participated in those through an exchange stabilization fund. Those were always the case. They were not, it was 
kind of unusual. It wasn't thought at the time that they were doing that, but here is what I think is the most important point. Those were started under Ben Bernanke. And on a specific piece of legislation. Okay? They do not depend on a specific piece of legislation. That is simply some of the discretion that the Treasury inherently has as the executive branch. They have a pool of money deposited at the Federal Reserve, which it can tell the, the Fed, we would like you to use this money to help in this market in this way, and the Fed can use then its powers under under the controvers to some people controversial Federal Reserve Act uh, thirteen three okay uh, that's uh, that's Article thirteen paragraph three which grants the Fed emergency powers to intervene in the marketplace. But as we've heard the Fed say over and over again, to lend not to spend. So, what happened? Well, it turns out on Squawk Box on, um, on uh, yesterday, uh, Jim Cramer is at the desk, and Treasury Secretary Mnuchin comes on to try to explain this. Now, this is like three and a half minutes, and I'm not going to play you all three and a half minutes. But, and, and so, Wyatt, I'm going to ask you to have the pause button ready, and we're going to let we're going to let we're going to hear it from him because I think this will be a lot easier than having me explain the remainder of this. So let's play. This is Treasury Secretary Mnuchin yesterday morning on CNBC. And uh, I'm glad to be on to explain this because I think it's really pretty straightforward and people are missing the issue. Uh, the Treasury and Fed have worked incredibly close together, and these programs have been enormously successful. And, and let me just remind people. You know, back in March when the markets were stuck, even before the CARES Act was passed, the Fed working with the Treasury, we activated the commercial paper facility, the money market facility, we activated the primary dealer facility. These were all done with money that the Treasury has in the exchange stabilization fund. And then Stop. So that's what I just explained to you. That money's already been there. This that money did not require an act of Congress. Point. That money does not expire on December 31st. Continue to listen. Continue. Part of the CARES Act, and again, you know, we couldn't be happier. Enormous bipartisan support on the CARES Act, 96 to 0, 100 to 0. Uh, Congress entrusted Treasury with $500 billion. It was really unprecedented. And that money could be used to work with the Federal Reserve and with direct loans to airlines and national security companies. And we announced a series of other facilities with the Fed. And uh, as you recall, I was in the room. I negotiated these documents. Uh, I worked very closely with Mike Crapo and Pat Toomey. We negotiated this specific language. And on the Fed facilities, the $450 billion that Congress gave me, uh, it was very clear that the congressional intent is it expires on December of this year. It's, it's very clear in the law. So uh, Chair Powell and I have been discussing this for the last few weeks in deference to the Fed. I said that the facilities that we funded with pre-CARES funding, the Exchange Stabilization Fund, I would extend. 
so commercial paper, money markets, primary dealers, things like that, for the abundance of caution, even though they're not being used. And the CARES money that expires at December 31st, that was merely simply following the intent of the law. So it wasn't a decision on whether we needed these or we didn't need these. But let me just put this okay, in perspective. Stop there. All right. So now you've had, now you should have the full explanation. And that really, we may not need the rest of that, Wyatt, but, but keep it paused anyway. Uh, here's what, here again is what happened. The, the money expires at the end of December. The Congress has been negotiating with the, with the White House for months over an extension that could have carried that money further. Regardless of what you think of the politics of this, the, the simple fact is there appears to be no agreement about any package, let alone the extension of that. Therefore, with 45 days ago before the end of the authority, it makes sense for the for the Treasury, at least in my mind, it makes sense for Treasury to tell the Fed, hey, we're going to need that money back at the end of December because the authority to do that goes away. And we might want to use that money for something other than these facilities, which I remind you, the Fed has not, in fact, put out much of the $450 billion. Okay. Uh, indeed, you know what? Let's play the rest of it because I think we're going to hear the number in just a moment. Play some more of this, Wyatt. All those other facilities, uh, we only have about $25 billion of loans outstanding. Stop right there. There you go. There's only $25 billion as opposed to approximately what I think is what looks to me like about $87 billion loaned out of the Exchange Stabilization Fund. Remember what I said at the beginning of this segment. The Fed is generating $120 billion of liquidity through the purchase of both treasuries and, and other facilities. It's adding liquidity at $120 billion a month. Since April... The Fed has generated in all the stuff that we're talking about $25 billion. $25 billion. What on earth are people whinging about? I do not understand. This is not just a tempest in a teapot. This is a tempest in a thimble. $25 billion over seven months when you've issued out $120 billion every month. Okay, which, doing the math in my head, is over $800 billion since the start of this thing. 25 out of the 800 is not worth the amount of airtime and ink people are spilling over this thing. This is an absurdity. Why are people complaining about this? Well, we'll hear a little bit of the complaint right after this. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Business 1440 is KYCR Golden Valley. Does your office need a little TLC? Do you notice your bathrooms are a bit smelly? Are the surfaces in your break room a little sticky? And isn't that the same coffee spill on the floor and chili splatter in the microwave from weeks ago? If so, I've got the solution. Hi, I'm Tasha, owner of Forever Cleaning. 
We're family-owned and offer affordable, reliable office cleaning all over the Twin Cities metro area. So if your office is screaming for help, call me today. Let's get you scheduled for your free walkthrough so you can receive your free quote at 763-807-9817. If you mention this ad, you'll receive 15% off your first month of service. Again, call 763-807-9817. Or you can visit my website at forevercleaning.com. That's the number four, EVRcleaning.com. Remember, Forever Cleaning is so thorough, you'll wonder if your mom snuck in overnight and cleaned. You and your business are online today more than ever. Most people are working from home and meeting via Internet, and that means IT structures are overtaxed and Wi-Fi is humming. An outage in one of your critical systems now could be a fatal blow to your operation. Arby's Computer Service is ready and able to help. Their staff is standing by and prepared to offer assistance. If your business IT system experiences a failure, give Arby's a call. Their professional team of certified computer and networking specialists is experienced in diagnosing and solving a wide range of issues. With Arby's Computer Service on the job, you'll never have to worry about dealing with IT-related issues on your own, whether it's for your personal system or business. Arby's Computer Service knows that Internet traffic is surging, and they're available now to help. You'll always get competitive pricing, trustworthy advice, and excellent customer service from Randy and his team at Arby's Computer Service. Giving your computer problems the boot. Arby's Computer Service. Did you know the Business 1440 app can do more than just stream your favorite shows? Here is cool feature number one. You can set an alarm on the app that will automatically start streaming us at whatever time you decide. It's easy. Just open the menu in the upper left-hand corner, select alarm, and choose a time. You can set it to wake you up in the morning with Bill Gunderson or any of your favorite programs. Download the free Business 1440 mobile app today. Hi, everyone. This is Mary Carey from America's number one travel radio show, inviting you to join Robert and me and Rudy each Sunday as we cover the ever-evolving world of travel and explore the world together on RM World Travel. Tune in this Sunday evening at 7. Limitless access to business and investment strategy. Listen to Business 1440 with our free app, your smart speaker, or with iHeart. Tune in and radio.com. We live in the Twin Cities and invest worldwide. So I ran the numbers, because that's why you listen to the King Banyan Show. Hats off to Ken and Champlin, who says on Twitter, listening to KBRS in November while enjoying my breakfast cereal topped with fresh blueberries from Peru. Long live capitalism and free trade. Go from strength to strength, Ken and Champlin. Good for you. I love blueberries on my oatmeal in the morning. It makes, it makes life a whole lot more lovely. Hey, let's let me play for you. Let me go back and find. I gotta, I gotta remember the clip here. I see. Yeah, this is, um, this is, uh, um, I believe. Uh, I can't even remember his name right now. The president of the Chicago Fed. Um, I think it's. I want to say it's Robert Kaplan, but he's in Chicago. No, Charles Evans. That's his name. Charles Evans at the Chicago Fed. Why would I not have written his name down? Um, who says he's disappointed by the Treasury. 
I want you to listen to this. Let's play the first cut. This is Charles Abbott, Chicago Fed, also on, I believe, I believe this is on uh, CNBC. No, I got, the, yeah, yeah, it's on CNBC yesterday. Well, I think our, uh, you know, 13-3 facilities have been very helpful. They, you know, perform a backstop role for, you know, when markets uh, find themselves in a more challenged uh, situation, when Main Street lending uh, uh, could be um, impeded. The banks have been important for helping out. There's a lot of design put in place, and um, I think that backstop role might be important, um, you know, for quite some time, so it's disappointing. Sir, you have a balance sheet currently has over $7 trillion on it. The total amount that the Treasury's put in for credit facilities is $114 billion. Okay, so that's 0.1 of a number that's 7 plus. Of that 0.1, I believe it's only 0.0, I believe, Mnuchin believes it's 0.025. I've done math, I come to a slightly different number. I think it, I think it's more like $38 billion that probably gets pulled off the table. 25 versus $38 billion sounds like a really big difference. On a balance sheet that has over $7 trillion, it's just not very much. It's a it's it's a gust of air out of an air compressor during a hurricane. Okay, sounds really impressive in a vacuum. Doesn't do very much out out in the weather. But let's continue. Let's uh, let's give uh, let's give President Evans his due. This is the second cut. Go ahead and play that, Wyatt. Well, you know, the Fed is uh, providing uh, substantial support through our uh, low interest rate policies. We're also uh, buying. Uh, assets at a $20 billion pace uh, per month across the curve. Um, you know, the, the, the economy seems like it is, um, you know, working through the, the, the virus uh, that we've been facing for the entire year of 2020. Uh, the virus spread is uh, increasing, and so there are uh, risks from that. The markets seem to be functioning quite well. But, uh, you know, I do worry about, you know, we're moving into the indoor season, the you know there are a whole okay, bunch of sectors that. that have been challenged throughout the. It's a, what he says in essence is, yeah, the market seems to be working through this. We're buying stuff, none of which is going to stop, but it'd be nice to have a little bit more. Well, of course it'd be nice to have a little bit more. You know, it's better than a pint of blueberries uh, in your refrigerator to p- help to help make your oatmeal taste great. Two pints of blueberries, but I can only use one pint at a time. Right. If if the economy were to really turn negative, don't you think a little bit more of that money would be let out there? The exchange stabilization fund has over six hundred billion dollars in it. Of that, based on looking at their balance sheet, looking at looking at the balance sheet and the only balance sheet I have for the ESF is from September 30. So I don't have an up to date one. Looking at the Fed's balance sheet, to which I actually have one as of Wednesday, because they publish one weekly. If I look at those two, my best guess is that of the $600 billion plus that they've put out there, they've got $87 billion probably. It looks like they've got about $87 billion committed to... Of the 114, that 87 billion of that is subject to the CARES Act rescission, which means there's still 
there's still 114 minus 87. There's 26, 27 billion, I think, that's still sitting out there that that not being pulled back. And there's plenty of room for them to use more of that money if that's what they needed. To cut to the chase, yesterday afternoon, the Fed posts this letter uh, responding to a, a FOIA request from Chair, a letter from Chair Powell to Secretary Mnuchin regarding emergency lending facilities. Tweeted to you at Pound PRS. I'm going to read you only one paragraph of that. The CARES Act assigns the Treasury Secretary sole authority to make certain investments in Federal Reserve emergency lending facilities, subject to limits specified in the statute. You have indicated the limits on your authority do not permit the CARES Act facilities to make new loans or purchase new assets after December 31st, and you have requested that we return Treasury's excess capital in the CARES Act facilities. We will work out arrangements with you for returning the unused portions of the funds allocated to the CARES Act facilities in connection with their year-end termination. In other words, there is no problem. It's not changing their plans. Would they like to have a few more bucks in the bank to be able to respond to a request someplace? Sure. Would would they like to be able to help out a municipal a municipal uh, municipality, a city or a state that is having credit issues like Illinois? Yeah, sure, they would like that. But as as Chair Powell has said, and as Secretary Mnuchin has said, that takes an act of Congress. That is not the Fed's job. Professor John Spry joining us, uh, talking COVIDnomics right after this. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on Business 1440. The Business VIP Club and New American Funding want to pay your mortgage next year. This is Tom Matiney from New American Funding, and I'm excited to be the sponsor of the Christmas Mortgage Miracle Contest. If you win, we'll pay your mortgage or rent for all of next year. That's extra money to take a family vacation, put in a pool, or help a friend in need. Enter once a day from now through December 20th at TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com. The Christmas Mortgage Miracle from the Business VIP Club and me, Tom Matiney, at New American Funding. I'm Staff Sergeant Mark Anthony I'm Madrid. Staff Sergeant Smith Akal. I'm Staff Sergeant I'm Alex Staff Stevens. Sergeant William Lewis, and I am proud to defend my family and our nation. The Air Force Reserve is part of the story of this great nation. I'm grateful that I have a chance to wear the uniform of the heroes that went before me. I am proud to be part of a team that helps make a difference in the world. Every day, men and women from communities across this nation serve as reserve citizen airmen. Even as technology evolves and changes, our commitment to defend and protect this nation remains steadfast. We celebrate those who have served and those who are proudly serving. We celebrate our proud history and look towards an exciting and uniting future. Our mission is to fly, fight, and win in air, space, and cyberspace. And I am proud to be a member. And I'm proud to serve in the United States. And I am proud to protect our country. Proud to serve in the U.S. Air Force Reserve. AFreserve.com Every day, the men and women of the United States Marine Corps demonstrate their commitment to defend the American way of life. Since 1775, we have served our nation as a force in readiness. From combat operations to humanitarian assistance in every corner of the world. No matter where the mission takes us today or wherever our country needs us tomorrow, 
we always remember the land we call home. As Marines, we take a stand for each other, for our nation, for us all, the few, the proud, the Marines. In a lawsuit, a little extra liability protection can go a long way. Call Pamela McCarthy, agent at the Pam McCarthy Agency, Inc. A personal liability umbrella policy from American Family Insurance offers a million dollars or more of coverage over and above the limits of your auto and home policies. And it's affordable. For details, contact Pamela McCarthy, agent at the Pam McCarthy Agency, Inc. Call 651-460-3333. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, SI, and its operating company, 6000.